The Start On Demand. On demand. Ruts, bumps. It's been a rough couple of weeks in Winnipeg thanks to the weather. Winnipeg's plow crews are working on it. But are you satisfied? The feds are pushing forward with a vaccine mandate for cross-border truckers. What is this going to mean for our already damaged supply chain? Americans, meanwhile, are being advised not to travel to Canada. What's the latest from the travel industry as it pertains to Omicron? And with the kids back in school and having some issues getting online, we decided to have a fun chat about school mishaps. Got any stories about how, say, the dog ate your homework? I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. And this is the Tuesday, January 11th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, it is going to warm up. We're going to talk about that in a moment. We want to talk about street clearing, getting those roads scraped. I want to talk about something happening with truckers. But before any of that, I understand there's a crisis happening in McNabb's household. As, uh, Loren, you have discovered there is a crucial and key element to your morning that is missing in action. Coffee, Brett. <laughs> You want me to say more? I can't say more. I haven't had coffee. We get up in the middle of the night, and I know you two. You're not into the coffee, but Greg, you like your steep tea. If you can't get your mm-hmm. steep tea, your day doesn't start right. Correct. Brett, you like, what, what do you drink in the morning? Coke? No, just, nothing, right? Just water. water. Sometimes chocolate milk. It's like a, pro, it's like a mini protein shake sure. almost. So imagine. Imagine where I'm at right now. And then I have hours in the morning without coffee. I feel like I've just been punched in the face. And then I decided to jump on the scale just now, you know, <laughs> oh, for like why, a post why, why? Christmas, New Year's looky, looky loo. I don't why. Did you get what days. you deserved for that decision? <laughs> yeah, I did, Greg, and then some. <laughs> so here we are. Happy Tuesday, you two. How goes it? Brett, feeling good? Are you thinner and caffeinated? Chocolinated? I'm not caffeinated, but I. I do actually think I've uh, I've started to I'm trying to Stop trying it. to slim down a little bit, and I've been trying to why I picked the word the dumbest month of the year to try no. to do this, but December I thought okay I got to just be careful, and I think it's actually working. I, I have no evidence of this. I meant to weigh myself when I went to my dad's because he has a scale. I don't actually have a scale, um, but uh, I forgot. So, but. My clothes are feeling just a touch looser, so that's good because I was at the panic button line and had to scale it back. So I think it's working. Greg, the scale this morning actually said low and then flashed battery, and I should have just left it at low and then got off. (laughs) Low, great. uh, I'm in. Low. Did you change the battery or did you no. just uh, shoved it back stand into the there sink patiently? where it belongs? No. Oh, uh, yeah. That, that's a big mistake. <laughs> Listen, I'm on the uh, Lululemon diet where I just wear my Lululemons this month so far and my pants feel a lot looser as well. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I bought uh, some, some uh, joggers slash sweatpants from Zwicky. 
last month. I think that's actually what made me say, okay, I got I to gotta loosen up here because they said, well, what size do you normally wear? I say around 34. So they, they gave me the appropriate pants and then I put them on at home and I thought, ooh, these are a little on the snug side. So maybe I need to, to take some evasive action here. So Loren, hopefully your coffee crisis comes to would, an end soon. Is, are you going to send out the, the husband for an emergency I'm making coffee? a run. I'm making a run at 620, and you'll find out if I'm here at 637. <laughs> Holy crap. basically how it's going to go. <laughs> how, how long is that round trip? For me, I think it's about 11 minutes. Yeah, I think that's about mine. Maybe nine. So it's, she'll be tight. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> But I've started the car. Okay. So we're halfway there. <laughs> now we've got something to look forward to at 636. <laughs> Is Loren McNabb going to be back from her coffee run? Um, at least we do have a warm-up to look forward to. The extreme cold warnings are gone, and it's going to get up to, what did Kayla say in her forecast? Minus four today. So yesterday we were calling for minus two. Today, minus four which is still just what a dramatic shift, GMAC. And the windies, it, it's windy, but it's not that windy. So it's kind of weird to see this sort of stark rise. Yeah, we usually associate the stark rise in temperature with a gusty wind. I mean, it's gusty right now out of the south at 33, gusting to 47, but it's supposed to settle down at around 20 kilometers per hour, which is more than manageable. And of course, what comes with a little bit more warm weather chance of snow so we've got a chance of snow tonight and tomorrow but i don't think uh, any of us are going to complain about more snow unless you're out on the streets of winnipeg trying to plow the snow and get some of those ice ruts off the roads right now as uh, you witnessed this morning brett that's right yesterday morning they had cleared Osborne, they'd done the bridge and uh, they had done other sections as well leading up to Portage, but Portage had not yet been touched. And this morning, Portage Avenue had been scraped down, uh, Smith had been scraped, Gary, uh, those are the streets that I noticed. I, I don't, I, I, you know, I, those are the only streets that I went down in the cab this morning. I don't know if they've done Broadway, for example. Uh, if you're driving that route this morning, by the way, and you can feel free to let us know at 204-780-6868 which streets have been scraped because Broadway in particular, and there are streets all over the city that have been bad, but Broadway was brutal. The ruts were terrible and it was super bumpy. And Broadway's already a tight street as it is, Lorenzo, when you're bouncing around in ruts. Um, like I almost got thrown into another car last week on that street. So, Well, the, there's the ruts on the roads and then there's the ruts on the sidewalks for pedestrians to get around. And I get it. Like it's been so cold, it's hard to clear and scrape those streets down. But uh, we haven't hearing a ton from listeners over the past couple of days about, hang on, like what's going on with these streets? So good news to see that you saw some of that equipment out. And uh, Corey Callahan with Global News Mornings out on the streets checking things out to see if they're actually getting cleared and where we're at with that. So let us know because we know this is a, we, we first started talking about this this year, I think back in October when we had some snowfall and the streets weren't as clear as we thought they should be. So a couple months later, let's, let's do a check-in. I was on the Nairn Street overpass the other day and boy, oh boy, they had plowed the snow. But I know that ever since, I think it was Cindy Klassen's sister had that tragedy on the North Perimeter Highway where she, her car, her vehicle went up an embankment and over the bridge and onto the river. And uh, they'd been very conscientious ever since to make sure that the snow does not pile up so that it doesn't create sort of a ramp up the up the edge of these bridges while well, the Naren Street overpass was was you know it's already fairly narrow it's not a it's not a horribly narrow 
bridge. It's not like the Louise bridge or something like that. But uh, the vehicles to the left of me were having a really difficult time trying to find exactly where they could fit, right? Because the the ice had been rutted, and so you want to be on the pavement as much as possible. And vehicles were were really tight to one another just because of the the restriction that was created by the snow plowing operation. So uh, I guess they're going back out to to try and correct some of that stuff today. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, despite today being the second day of remote learning, between 7 and 15% of students are still attending in-person classes throughout Winnipeg school divisions. And with a week before all kids are set to be back in class, the province is looking at some changes. Global's Abigail Turner has more on what next week could look like for staff and students. It's back to the books for students after an extended winter break, but not back to the classroom. I'm a little bit anxious. I'm kind of worried to see how it's going to go. Not only is parent of two, Annie Arnott's five-year-old daughter learning remotely, but she is as well taking university courses online. I find it very, very challenging. It's just um, a lot of juggling at home right now. Kids will return under level orange restrictions, but many rules remain the same, including cohorts and social distancing. The biggest change will be masks. All K-12 students should wear non-medical masks with at least three layers. Staff are required to wear medical-grade masks. Rapid tests are also being distributed to K-6 schools with high levels of COVID-19 transmission. I don't know if I could teach in these times. It's a pretty big task. Principal at Maples Collegiate Scott Shire says when kids return January 17th, staffing shortages will be the biggest concern as substitute teachers are allocated to elementary schools, not high schools. That's my biggest worry as a principal of a school. It's it's how we're going to teach our kids. The province says 500,000 rapid tests have been sent out to school divisions. As for masks, they say divisions submit orders based on demand. Abigail Turner, Global News. So one thing to keep in mind for Monday, you heard her mention the mask requirement is to have three layers. I, I highly doubt the schools are going to have people at the entrances like a bouncer checking the kids' masks. That said, the goal is to have them with the best protection. So, you know, you, you have to be checking around your house to see what kind of mask you have ahead of Monday. There's a question on tests. We've already picked ours up, but I don't know if every division has done it the same way. And then, of course, there's four more days of remote learning to get through, Greg. I don't know about you. It went fairly smoothly here for us yesterday. Really, the only issue is operator error on my part. You know, the kids are using technology that I didn't have as a kid. So they're doing things not only on on teams and other things, they're doing PowerPoints. And how do you insert text here? And I don't have a hot clue. And there was a math problem that I had to literally cheat on yesterday. Like I Googled it word for word and found the answer. And then uh, we guided him through it. But which you know, grade that's math was this, grade Loren? six. Grade, grade six, six was the math. I just couldn't figure out what what the. So apparently, what happened is I was talking on the phone, trying to arrange an interview for today, while the kids were still in school. There's just a lot of noise, right? And they couldn't hear what the instructions were, so missed out on the most important part of the. You know, this is how you do it. And then he's like, "I didn't hear how she said to do it." And I looked at it, and I was like, uh, "Eight times seven. And he's got, there's a cake." And a popsicle and a lollipop and what do they represent? And I don't know. So thank God for the internet. Yeah, the internet goes a long way. And that really was the only issue we had yesterday. One of the programs that Brendan has to use for uh, music was having a was taking its sweet time downloading onto our computer. So he was getting frustrated with that. But but otherwise, um, 
I would say for the most part, the day was uh, as expected. Let's go with that. You can read more at cjob.com and feel free to let us know how that first day went. I was joking that the question of the day should be something along the lines of how did the first day go? And your options could be, where's my straight jacket? Or I feel like I need to flee to a basement bachelor suite so I can get away. Uh, or maybe it was fun. You know, I, I saw a lot of pictures online of uh, excited parents showing off their kids workspaces and uh i think it was even lisa dutton on her instagram uh she says one of her boys put up these uh this fancy like you know those led strip lights in his room as as mood lighting and she says hey if he wants to put up mood lighting to help him learn he can do whatever he wants as long as he can how did she put it as long as he can do school stuff good so <laughs> so let us know. How's it going in your home? 204-780-6868. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. G-Mac, what's going on here? Did uh, Whiskey, your, one of your dogs, eat uh, one of the boys' homework? No, Greg? G-Mac? Where are you at? <laughs> Hello. Let me try this. Oh, Is there this we go. Yeah, yes. There we go. There you go. Hey, I'm back. Uh, I just figured with this quote unquote return to school, at least virtually for for most kids or vast majority of our kids, we could have a conversation about you know these dog ate my homework conversations and the experiences that we've had back in the day. Because I don't want to I don't want to throw either one of my kids under the bus, but. Already first day back, already questions about where is this homework assignment? Where is that homework assignment from December of 2021? And of course, there's always a song and dance. There's always an excuse. It's always somebody else's fault. And so it got me thinking to uh, back in my days in school, um, I typically had a good excuse as well when things, when the hammer came down. So I figured if I've got a story, the rest of the crew must have a story as well. All right, so let's go around the horn here. You can weigh in at 204-780-6868. A school, a homework mishap that you perhaps regret or perhaps you still hold a grudge against your teacher all these years later. $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza up for grabs. We'll pick a winner at 915. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you, sir? Uh, the one I have is, uh, I guess the people I would hold the grudge against would be uh, whoever's in charge of administering the, the provincial exams because one year in high school we had to do a provincial exam on chemistry and we were supposed to do it the first day back after Christmas vacation which is just a ridiculous time to schedule <laughs> an exam. Uh, complicating matters was the fact that my family for that Christmas vacation uh, folks had a couple of weeks off work and so we drove down to California to visit family in Los Angeles and go to Disneyland and all that sort of thing and we're packing the night before my mom said bring your chemistry textbook so you can study while we drive I said okay mom and uh we got in the car and everybody got everything yep yep and we got across the border and mom goes did you bring your chemistry book and I said nope didn't bring it you can go across the border again if you want to, but uh, I think I'll just wing this exam. And I got 14%. <laughs> Good for you, Jeff. <laughs> Good for you. Fight the man. Cameron Poitras, what about you? Well, we when we were going to school around, well, we had emails, right? And um, it was funny how many assignments, oh, you didn't get that email? It must have not went through. And that was just something you heard as an excuse all the time but uh, one one moment where a teacher put uh 
uh, a kid in his place was uh, it was back in grade six, Mr. Stevenson at Birds Hill Elementary. Mitch McCoo, if you're listening, I still remember this. Um, we were having actually a quite a serious conversation about about how to deal with strangers and 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 if if if, uh, if some sort of person approaches you, how you can handle it. And Mitch had said, "Oh, I'll just kick the person in the shins." He didn't say shins, but you can probably imagine I'll just run away. And so Mr. Stevenson, in front of the whole class, said, "Okay, Mitch, come in, come at me." And so, uh, and he said, and Mitch was like, "Oh, come on! Like you're not gonna like." He's like, "Real for for real?" And he's like, "Yeah, come at me!" And he was in front of the class. They lined up across each other uh, in front of the blackboard, and Mitch took a run at him. Mr. Stevenson, within two seconds, picked him up and had him hanging by his heel. And he said, "Okay, so anybody think that that's actually gonna work?" And it, I, I'll never forget that. And it really drove home the point. And Mitch was absolutely, he was red as a tomato. And uh, yeah, he was just hanging there by his, by his ankle, <laughs> one hand. Uh, so that was, that was something else. But yeah, I put him in his place. <laughs> that is great. Forte, what about you? For me, or for my brother, I would rather say, because I believe this happened to my brother. He uh, left his homework out around the kitchen and so my dad went and threw it in the garbage oh. well my, my dad's such a clean freak like me so he wasn't looking at what he was throwing out and he threw out my brother's homework and uh remember there's egg on it and stuff like that so, <laughs> so that's my brother's story my story is when i failed a math test i think it was in grade eight my parents have you know have to get my test signed by my parents and they have this uh white table where uh the the Top of it is a frosted piece of glass, and that's where the light comes out of. So I found my dad's signature on a piece of paper. I put that down. I put my test on top of it. <laughs> this is in grade eight. And then I traced out his um, his signature, and it Cold worked. forgery, Jeff. I know. Forgery. Hey, I was underage. No prosecution. Loren, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? It's not so much a homework story, but I was, I think it was grade seven or eight, junior high, and I always viewed myself as like a, I was a decent student and I got good marks and I thought I got along with all the teachers, but there was this school ski trip planned just a minute also Ski Valley. And uh, there were four people who were asked not to go or told not to come because of bad attitudes. And I was one of the four and I was like shocked. And, uh, but it was fair. I was entering that like age 12, 13, you know, you think you know everything, lots of attitude. And here I was thinking just, you know, my good grades or other things would get me through. And I was one of four and it was, it was like this random list and it felt so mean and awful. But it was such a good thing. Mrs. Nealon, God bless her. It was a good thing she did it because for years after that, every time I started to, you know, get lippy or show some attitude, my sister or my brothers or my parents would be like, ski trip. <laughs> and you'd be like, right. It was like this gut check. And so it wasn't a homework thing as much as it was. It's not a grudge. I don't hold it against them at all. It worked out well, I think, maybe in the end. I'm not saying my attitude instantly approved, but every once in a while you need to be told, hey, you're kind of an A, but. <laughs> uh, Macklin, we got 45 seconds. Can you tell a quick one? Uh, grade seven, Mr. Avon put me in my place when I came to class for probably the third time in six days without a pen or a pencil. <laughs> he sent me to the library to write out lines. I will not forget my pen or pencil. I didn't have a pen or pencil to write out the lines, so I had to use my <laughs> fingernail. Oh, geez. Your fingernail? Like mm -hmm. on, on paper? Yep, work. and he did it. the little shading thing, and he said, oh, geez, you actually did this. 
Wow. Yeah, I did it, Mr. Avon. I promise not to let you down again. How so, many lines? A uh, hundred. Oh, boy. Do they still do that? Yeah, old school. You think in class? Hey, this is a long time. This was in black and white. No, I know, but we had lines, <laughs> too, I think. Yeah, yeah, we do, too. Lines. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got Breakfast with the Bombers coming up at 7.37. We've got Sports with Cam Poitras coming up at 7.25. But we do want to touch base on the Bombers here, sort of a preview of Breakfast with the Bombers, because if you think back to the Western Final at IG Field, December 5th, one of the highlights for Blue Bomber fans was the appearance of a former Blue Bomber fan favorite, a pending free agent. Yeah, Lucky Whitehead. He was a dynamic kick returner, was with the blue and gold for the 2019 Grey Cup season, but left for an opportunity with the BC Lions. Whitehead was the Lions' most outstanding player in 2021 as he got more playing time with the Lions and was one of the league's top receivers. So when Whitehead showed up on social media and TV in a blue bomber's toque, fans couldn't help but wonder if this was a sign, a signal of things to come. Was Lucky Whitehead planning a return to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yesterday, Lucky Whitehead had this conversation in part with Matt Baker on the BC Lions website and social media. It was exciting. I already knew I was taking that trip. A lot of the, a lot of coaches kind of knew that I was going to Winnipeg before I was going home anyways. But yeah, I definitely had a you know close friends as far as in that game plan and I you know I wanted to go support before I went back into the states. Yeah, it was it was definitely exciting. I actually had on this actual hat, but once I got into the stands, someone took off my hat and put on a beanie. And I was like, well, okay, it's either I wear a Winnipeg hat or I wear a Saskatchewan hat. And that wasn't happening. So I put on the Winnipeg hat and I was supporting the guys and we were, I mean, just pumped. And, you know, I was trying to just keep the game live and exciting. I think more people was watching me more than they were watching the game. I was, <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, no, it was definitely exciting just to, you know, revisit, see the fans uh, and just be around. Like I said, it was nothing to it. I was just another bystander in the stands that happened to have that happened to play in Winnipeg. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, definitely it was definitely exciting. It was fun. You know, it was, it was electric. You know, I was definitely proud of my boys that you know that I had built a relationship with in 2019. So that's Lucky Whitehead. And in case you hadn't heard, Brett Loren. Lucky signed a two-year deal with the Lions. The dream is over, at least for now, of a return to Winnipeg for Lucky Whitehead. We do have another player coming back to Winnipeg. That's Jackson Jeffcoat, as you were saying, Brett. He's going to join us at 737 for breakfast with the Brahmers. And to our listeners, keep your texts coming on your homework snafus in honor of the uh, remote learning that's underway right now. We've had quite a few people texting in with their stories. Teresa, her husband, when he was younger, had to stay after school and write on the board that he would not be late. When the teacher left the room, he thought he could use the ditto. <laughs> under each word, but found out he had come back the next day and write it out correctly. Yeah, you can't get away with that. And Len says, when I was 10-ish, I was given 200 lines to do, so I taped two pencils together and did 100. My first yeah. experience with my inner MacGyver. Well done, Len. That's ingenious. <laughs> Breakfast with the Bombers, brought to you by the Cooperators. 
Find an advisor at cooperators.ca, a better place for you. And this morning, we want to connect with one of the key pieces, GMAC, of the Winnipeg Blue Bomber roster. That's right. Fresh off signing a brand new contract, we welcome back to Breakfast with the Bombers, our good friend Jackson Jeffcoat. Good morning, Jackson. Congratulations on the new contract. Thank you very much. How are you guys doing? We're doing very well. We know that uh, you're a little warmer than we are down in Texas, but that's okay. The warm hearts uh, make all the difference in the world up here, as you know. So uh, we've done, I know you've done a ton of interviews on on your new uh, contract, but you know, you said that you were pretty sure at one point that you were going to test free agency. How much of coming back to Winnipeg was uh, about the community and your connection with it and I have to ask, like, weren't you curious as to what other teams might offer you? I definitely was. I was definitely curious. Uh, but, yeah, the the community there in Winnipeg is, is special to me. It's been a good time being there uh, for the last four years, and I wanted to continue, continue it going. We talk a lot about just different signings in different leagues, and I know that one of your former teammates, DeAndre Alford, signed with the Atlanta Falcons What's it like to watch someone you know and appreciate uh, make that jump to the NFL? What's the emotion attached to that? It's very exciting to see that a guy like uh, D. Alfred just doing, putting in the work when he got here uh, as a young guy, seeing how special he was when he came in as a young guy. I think he deserved to be able to get that opportunity. I hope he. I think he deserves a roster spot down there. And I mean, he's from, he's from just outside of Atlanta, so it's kind of probably a dream come true for him and it's just good to see you you root for guys like him that are young that come up here this is his first professional football gig up here in in the cfl and now he gets the chance to chase some dreams in his in our country you had your day with a great cup at the university of texas what was that like oh it's special it's special um one of my good friends john bianco actually got it set up where we could get uh Texas is a videographer and his, their camera guy to come out and do pictures. And it's, it's kind of where my journey started really want to go play pro. Like that's where it started being able to envision everything and whatnot. And so especially to be able to sit on the field, sit on the stands and, and have the great cup with me because of without going to Texas, without going through the struggles I did in the NFL, I wouldn't be in the CFL and wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to win the championships that we have. Yeah, it's interesting to see the the, the, the route that you've taken, and, and here you are, and you've become, like I say, such a big part of the community, big part of the of the football club, and people would have been really sad to, to, to see you leave, and one of the homegrown guys, I always uh, compare yourselves, uh, you and Willie and, and Adam and, and Brandon and some of the other key players as, as Winnipeggers by choice, Andrew Harris is, of course, Winnipegger by birth, and we saw him eating corn pop cereal out of the Great Cup last week. You went with something a little less breakfasty, shall we say, more snack and Tex-Mex oriented. For those that don't know, tell us what you had in the Great Cup, Jackson. Yeah, I had chips and queso, so that's a <laughs> big thing down here in Texas, people. And I guess you guys don't call it queso in Winnipeg because somebody sounded confused when I said queso. Uh, but yeah, it's, do you? Is that just yes. the cheese dip? Yes. yes. Yeah, like what's like? What it's do you queso. put in yours? So we got queso, or we got the cheese, we got peppers, 
jalapenos, uh, mm. and some tomatoes. Yeah, queso that, that would pass. Yeah, that queso. Would pass. If, you, if if someone says queso to me, I know what they're talking about. It's the delicious sure. cheese sauce that uh, I want to eat like uh, soup. Just give me a spoon. <laughs> I would like to eat it like that too. But queso is is cheese in Spanish, and and that's just that's what we've always called it. So I figured everybody understood it, but somebody's kind of confused the last time I said it. <laughs> Did, so is the cup still show. there, Jackson? Like, do you still have the cup, or is it gone on somewhere else? The cup, the cup is probably back in Winnipeg. Um, today's Tuesday, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then the cup is probably back in Winnipeg. Darren Cameron has brought it back. He left uh, yesterday, so it's it's back home. D- who had to clean the queso out of the cup? <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Who's jobs? Poor Darren's out scrubbing before he gets on the plane, or what? No, I did. A little secret, I put a bowl of queso in there, so I, I didn't even pour it in. Ah. I just dropped the bowl in there and ate it from that bowl. <laughs> oh, you're so respectful, Jackson. That's one of the things I like most about you. You're such a tremendous uh, individual. That The second cup seemed to be a little bit more special for the players. Would it be accurate in that? And, and what was the difference between this year's win and the win in 2019? It's it, The thing is, we didn't face as much adversity at the beginning of the year as we did towards the end. And the playoffs had just made for make it that much more special with all the hard fought wins and everything we had to we had to go through just to get there. With being down in the uh, in the fourth quarter of the Great Cup. I mean, that was tough. That was a situation we were super used to. We um, we've been down, but coming back and winning and us having faith the whole time. We we had faith the whole time that we we're going to win. We knew we were going to win. And that's what, that was what was special about this group is that we knew we were going to win even if we were down. And what do you think heading into next season? Do you think you'll have that same confidence? I think we will. I think we'll be just as confident in that what that comes from the preparation that we have with Richie Hall, that comes from the preparation that we have with Michael Shea. Uh, it comes from what the offense has their preparation with Buck Pierce and then Paul Boudreaux with, with special teams. I mean, we're always taken care of and ready to go. We always have a good game plan, and we, that just allows us to be able to play fast. So I think it, this next year is going to be exciting. I don't like to make predictions of, oh, we're three-peating, we're going back. I just I, I want to take game by game, day by day. It's a great attitude to have. And I have to be honest, though, I am currently Googling queso recipes right now. So I just wanted full disclosure. I know we should be talking football, but you have completely derailed me. And I've got a whole meal plan for tonight. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Hey, no problem. I think I'm going to do the same thing in the next couple of days. Hey, Jackson, we'll have a, a completely non-football conversation next time you join us on Breakfast with the Bombers. Deal? Uh, that's a deal. It's all good with me. We appreciate you very much. Thanks, Jackson. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Y'all have a good morning. Jackson Jeffco joining us live on 680 CJOB for Breakfast with the Bombers. Yeah, I mean, like, it's most simple form. I think you can just go to the store and buy, like, that Tostitos queso sauce. 
Loren, which is actually pretty good. No, I know you can, that. but I but I now honestly, the, there's different really great recipes out there, and there's still only like five ingredients to it. You can really, for the woman who just said she stepped on the scale for the first time since Christmas, I should be walking <laughs> away from this queso recipe, but I will not. <laughs> Velveeta by the case, McNabb. Get on yeah. that. I'm on a site called calling it the life changing queso dip recipe. So that's a name. <laughs> now I'm hungry. 746 <laughs> on 68. No, it's okay. Dude, I get so derailed. I cannot even poor guys like <laughs> you don't want to talk football. Queso. I do not, Jackson. I do not want to talk football. <laughs> well, I found this. Hey, they're football players. They're athletes. They have to eat a lot of food. So food's a big part of their life. So good for him for eating some Tex-Mex out of the Great Cup. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, city crews are working to clear away some of the mess left behind after weeks of frigid temperatures and snow. Yeah, but we know that many of you are seeing a lot of ice and rut-covered streets. A listener just texting in, writing in this morning, rather, on email about La Jamodier, Goulet, Desmurons, Brofonche, Notre Dame. These roads, if you can call them that, are covered in ice and have really bad ruts. That's just from one viewer and listener. So Global News Morning reporter Corey Callahan is out checking the streets. And Corey, good morning. What are you yeah, good morning, Lorena. Uh, right now, it's uh, not looking uh, too great in some of the roads. Uh, this um, Right now, I'm, I'm at uh, St. Mary's near Marion, and uh, basically, there's just uh, some of the tire tracks, um, if you will, but even those parts are kind of icy, too, because some of that snow keeps blowing over them and just kind of icing over because of those frigid temperatures. But right now, um, when people are trying to cross some of those roads, you can see uh, those ice ruts are, and snow ruts that are just, basically, everyone kind of has to jump over, which is also making some merging tricky as well. Uh, people having to you know use a little bit extra caution to try to navigate these roads right now so brett says he's seen uh, the equipment out trying to do something about this what have we heard from the city yeah, so the city uh, tells Global News that they, it was the extreme temperatures that basically kind of made this into uh, a factor that uh, once it gets below about minus, anywhere from minus 7 to minus 12, that's when salt doesn't become as effective. Of course, that's one of the main tools to use to try to melt some of the snow and try to prevent it from building up. Uh, so at this point, uh, that's what was slowing them down. But they're saying with these more mild temperatures that are expected, uh, about minus 4 in, uh, uh, during some days or just getting up below where the salt starts to work, or above, I should say, when the salt starts to work, that they will be using graders instead. You, you may have noticed some more dump trucks with plows uh, on them, but you should be able to see some more graders out in the coming days, and that will be, help be able to try to scrape off some of the snow and some of the ice and snow ruts that we're seeing on the roads right now. They'll be trying to, trying to work on that, especially on the main roads over the coming days. And Corey, I know you got to get out of here in 60 seconds, but have they given you a timeline as to when they hope to have this completed? Yeah, no specific timeline at this time. Basically, they're saying they're trying to get everything done as fast as possible right now. So uh, hopefully if, if Mother Nature kind of keeps the way that, um, you know, she's <laughs> laying out the forecast right now, uh, we should hopefully see some improvements. But they're saying that basically they'll be working as fast as possible to try to get some of this done. And again, especially over the coming days when they have that bit of relief in the temperatures. All right, Corey Callahan, Global News Morning, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Mr. Callahan, thank you very much. Thank you. And Jan weighing in at 204-780-6868, uh, one of the frustrated Winnipeggers we've heard from. And Greg, I know you had a back and forth with Jan. And uh, she says, so explain to me, when they clear the streets, why can't they scrape them right to the pavement in the first place? Why does the snow have to get so hard? Then we get the ruts, and then we got to redo the streets. 
Yeah, and unfortunately, we've had that snow again, on again, off again snow where we've had multiple back-to-back-to-back snowfalls. So, you know, I, I used to clear snow, but only in the parking lots. So I can tell you that it was always a goal to get right down to the concrete as soon as you could and as often as you could. Uh, one of our loyal listeners uh, is a operator of a snow plow. Uh, maybe he could weigh in on this. Is it, in fact, a goal to get down to the concrete uh, the first time around? Uh, you know who you are. You can send us a text message, 204-780-6868. I'd be interested to know if that's the stated goal uh, from the get-go or not. Did you say you? Oh, hang on a second. Is it, are we having a problem with Loren? I oh, so. I'm going to say yes. Can anyone hear me? Now we can. Oh. No, my Hi, mic Loren. keeps for the first time in 22 months. I might be having. <laughs> She's having the same issue. I bet you it's a cord. I'm That's having an issue. I was with my headphones yesterday, and I had to replace my headphones because the cord got wonky. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this actually happened just for a second i think was it last week for there was a moment where she just kind of disappeared and we thought that was weird and that was just the one that one time but uh, indeed troubles with technology working at home loren's been at home since the beginning of the pandemic Lore- greg went home at the beginning came back went home again came back is now at home again and um you know, I'm in the the comfy, the cozy, comfy confines of the studio where we have a team of engineers in the building. So if I have a problem, I can just go tap on their shoulder. But uh, we'll see if we can figure out what's happening with Loren. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, sort of. McNabb having some technical issues this morning uh, as she works from home. Hello, the- hello. Oh, you're there. I'm here. I'm here. Okay. That was. I've had to switch a whole to a different piece of technology for the first time ever. So here we are. Twenty-two months of working from home with a unit called the Commander, and it has served Loren well. But today, not so much. We're having some gremlins actually in uh, the control room as well. So um, Tuesdays, we've said them often that Tuesdays are garbage, and here we are. But we're going to try to navigate this day. <laughs> <laughs> what I love I, the way you put that. What did I say this morning? Tuesday Tuesday equals snooze day because I was running late. I hit the snooze button one too many times today. So uh, huzzah for that. Also, thanks for all the feedback that we're getting, by the way, on uh, snow plowing and clearing the streets. Uh, I said earlier that Portage had been cleaned up. Uh, it was a vast improvement this morning, but uh, we had one listener saying, whoa, 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 hold on. Portage was not cleaned up so feel free to let us know what you're seeing and maybe we'll uh, get into that a little bit more uh, with the remaining time that we have this morning on the show and a reminder we're giving away a $20 gift card for Santa Lucia pizza and Greg it was about homework yes it was about homework and uh, maybe a time that you you mucked up you got called on it maybe you had to come up with an inventive excuse as to why you didn't have your homework done or maybe your teacher called you out on something and uh, you learned your lesson, or maybe you didn't learn your lesson. We've got a lot of latitude with regard to this topic of conversation. So if you'd like some uh, pizza from Santa Lucia, 204-780-6868, keep those text messages coming. Border closures, BC floods, a shortage in truck drivers. For 22 months now, the trucking industry has been hit with all sorts of challenges. 
And now it's dealing with a new rule, new rules for vaccines. It was back in November that Ottawa announced truckers who are once exempt from federal mandates will have to be fully vaccinated by January 15th in order to enter Canada. And in case you're stuck and wondering what day of the week that is, well, that's Saturday. So it's Saturday that that vaccine mandate kicks into effect. So if a trucker goes to the States and comes back, they have to be vaccinated. American truckers coming here have to be vaccinated. And with that rule in place, the Canadian Trucking Alliance estimates there could be 16,000 drivers off the roads. That's about 10% of cross-border truckers. Barry Prentice is a professor at the University of Manitoba with a focus on transportation and supply chain management. Good morning, Barry. Good morning. So that number, as many as 10% unable to cross, that's a look at the Canadian side, but there would also be American truckers stopped at the border. So what impact could this have overall of goods moving back and forth between our two countries? Well, you can be certain it's not going to lower prices or increase trade. I mean, this is a, a negative impact. With a, There's no way of, uh, of sugarcoating that. And we already do have a shortage of drivers and, and very high rates. So, uh, again, you have to question, well, what's the, the driver behind this? Uh, where is the risk assessment that's gone into deciding that this should be done? And I find it pretty hard to find that, that uh, balance between uh, the economy and the risk. The closest thing I can come up with is that there must be some view of inequity between the various modes of transport. You know, air and rail are certainly uh, subject to having everybody has to be vaccinated, and trucking is, has been exempted. So maybe there's some feeling that, you know, everybody has to be treated the same. But I would argue that they're not all the same. You know, in the case of a truck driver, he's in his cab. Uh, I know truckers that have gone down to the States. They're not even allowed to get out of their truck. And so how many people are they actually interacting with? And besides, how many people who are suffering from COVID symptoms are going to want to drive anywhere? So, again, I don't see the, the real logic of this rule. So has there been pushback overall, Barry, with regards to this? And, and what have you heard in terms of not only maybe individual drivers, but maybe trucking companies saying, hey, federal government, do you realize what you might be creating here? Well, it's hard to say because it's a very uh, diverse and splintered industry. It doesn't have one big player that's, uh, that's standing up and saying something. But, uh, you know, I have talked to some of the trucking companies, and they're telling me that already there's a problem with American drivers wanting to cross the border into Canada for other reasons. You know, for example, uh, a lot of these drivers like to have a gun in their car or their truck. <laughs> and driving through the U.S. and some places they go, I can't blame them. But that you can't bring that into the Canada, so they don't want to come here. And in fact, over time, there's been fewer drivers from the U.S. side or companies who want to come and serve Canada. So, I mean, I suppose that might be an advantage to more business for Canadian companies, but it isn't really good for our rates and, and competition. The words supply chain issues uh, have not come up, uh, at least from what I've heard, more often than in the last uh, year or so. Uh, is it should we assume that if this proceeds, that we will see more supply chain issues? I think so, and I think one of the ones that is going to be affected most could well be the fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, those are long-haul trips, and unless you have a load going both ways, it's pretty hard to make that pay. So a lot of this is actually done by American truckers, depending on where you are in the country. 
Uh, we did a study on this some years ago and found that, you know, the further east you went, uh, the more it was the American truckers doing all that hauling because they can just slip across the border and pick up a load to go back. Uh, there's a rule, you know, of cabotage where you can't pick up a load for place to place in the foreign country. Uh, so as a result, it's harder for, harder for Canadians to get a load down and find a load back and make it work in most parts of Canada. So we depend more on the American truckers for that. And I expect that's one supply chain that would be affected most. I know there are some companies in Manitoba that just stick to Manitoba, and many companies have put in their own vaccine mandates over the past you know, year or six months anyway, Barry. So the impact will vary depending on where you are, what kind of rules you might already have in place for your company and what sort of uh, system you have running. But shortages, as you mentioned at the top, have been in place for a long time. So when we use that number 10%, some might say, oh, well, that doesn't sound like much. But we've been talking for years with the Trucking Association and other just about the fact that there aren't enough staff. Then you throw in the vaccine mandate and I'm not here to argue for or against it. <laughs> and, then, and then you throw in close contact rules and the number of people who might be getting COVID. There might be a real crunch in the weeks ahead that would impact more than just, say, my deliveries from online services like Amazon, but maybe real health, life and death things, uh, medicine or other. Well, I don't want to exaggerate this too much. I mean, we have to keep in mind, you know, it is, there's still going to be trade and there's still, uh, you know, 90% activity, if, not, if that number was correct. So we shouldn't, you know, uh, panic on this, but we should really ask the question back to the government, where's your risk assessment? You know, is this just being something that's being done because, you know, it seems like a good idea and, and you know, it's consistent with other mandates? Or is there a real risk that the Canadian public faces from this that's greater than the risk we face from, you know, a, a disruption in transportation? And you know, I'm not really very confident in the Prime Minister's grasp of transportation, and I'm certainly not confident of, of the Minister of Transport. I think he's the weakest minister we've had since Lawrence Cannon, and, and that's a low bar. So Barry, there might be an opportunity here or a situation where prices will increase because uh, operators will be in short supply, they'll be in high demand. We've seen what's happened with regard to, to cargo from China in particular into Canada from, you know, $2,000, $2,500 a container load to dollars $20, $25,000 a container load heading from China into Vancouver and other ports along the West Coast in particular. Could we see the same thing with regard to truck, trucking rates? Well, there, I, I would point out that there already is a premium. You know, we've done some analysis of the data and just crossing the border, that adds about $500 to the cost of a truck trip relative to the same distance within Canada. So there's already a premium on crossing the border, and I think this will just increase that premium And because you've got fewer people who are willing to do it, and, and there will be more uh, demand for those services. It's, a, it's an open market. It's a free market. It works really well. But it also means that when there's a shortage, prices go up. Barry Prentice is a professor at the University of Manitoba with a focus on transportation and supply chain management. Barry, thank you. Pleasure as always, sir. My pleasure. Bye now. Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Reminder that in our next segment, we're giving away a $20 gift certificate for Santa Lucia Pizza based on your homework mishaps. Did you ever have a dog-ate-your-homework sort of situation? Had to try to give a silly excuse 
for an assignment or maybe you messed with your teacher on an assignment. We got a great story from one of our listeners, which we are going to share with you in our next segment. Some fun stuff happening there. But right now we want to continue a conversation. We started just after 7 o'clock, and this has to do with Americans as it pertains to us, that Americans should avoid travel to Canada. That's the advice coming from the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Yeah, so the travel recommendation then basically had the U.S. Department of uh, Homeland Security and the U.S. Travel Department saying they're going to elevate travel to a level four, which is very high due to a rising number of COVID-19 cases in Canada. The U.S. has about 80 countries listed at level four, and this new advisory for travel to Canada was, of course, just announced yesterday. Richard Vanderloop is the president of TripCentral.ca and joins us now. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So it was just a few weeks ago, Israel banned travel to Canada. Americans now being advised not to come up until now, up until this week. Have they been coming? Have we been seeing a rise in the cross-border travel or people flying into Canada, as you know it? Well, sure. I mean, there's there's visiting friends and relatives. There's some business travel. There is a small amount of, of tourism and, you know, equally back between Canadians going to the U.S., um, certainly there's a lot of travel by Canadians to the U S that own homes in the U S for the better climate. So I think on balance, you know, there's more of us going there than the other way, but, uh, there's still, there's still a good amount of it happening. Has one of the bigger uh, impacts of Omicron and, and its impact on travel been the cancellations of flights? And we saw so many flights get canceled over the holiday season, Richard. And, and so that, that, uncertainty is it impacting the decisions people are making to to fly one way or the other across the border you know i think that's a real thing where you know if if pilots and flight attendants are getting sick and they're making adjustments because of disruptions to schedule but oftentimes these are on routes that have more frequency in the flights so we don't see you know people being absolutely stranded it may be inconvenient sort of like with weather but i think what's really different about the travel advisories is that, frankly, they've just completely lost all meaning, right? I mean, the U.S. government putting a level four advisory against Canada, arguably for COVID, where in the United States it's double in terms of the cases per, per million people. And Canada, like every country in the world, slapping these re- restrictions. You know, it used to be saved for a level four advisory would be saved for something like Afghanistan or Iraq, you know, and a level three might be reconsider travel if there's political events brewing or, or serious risks. Um, all of these advisories have resulted in, they're meaningless at this point. And the Canadian government is just as hypervigilant with these, with these, uh, with these advisories. I mean, really, the level two advisory is exercise increased caution, which I think given the spread around the world of this virus is reasonable. But, you know, all of these governments are nationalistic within our own borders. Provincial governments are thinking parochial. You know, I'm surprised cities aren't erecting barriers. You know, the virus spreads throughout every jurisdiction. So it, it's just completely meaningless at this point. So what has the impact of Omicron been on travel? Like, are people still going anyway? Yeah, I think, you know, there is travel happening, that we're sort of back to where we were uh, in October before, you know, the government lifted the level three advisory, which was, 
you know, advise against all non-essential travel. So at one point it was there. It was there all the way since March 2020. It was only lifted in November. And now we're sort of back to where we were. And travel was occurring. There's no ban on it. But I think, I think what's reasonable is, and I think what the government's saying is, there are risks. I mean, the rules could change. You could be outside. You could contract COVID while you're abroad and, and uh, incur quarantine costs and have disruptions. There's no doubt about it that there's risks. But level four um, or even level three advisories, I think, are really over the top at this point. Have we lost Loren? No, are you here? No, we're, we can hear you. Loren. I'm here. Sorry, guys. I'm just having tech issues this morning. I'm at home, Richard. So it's been a, quite a morning with computers and whatnot. Apologies. I was just going to say, you know, it sounds I can hear your frustration. And I'm, I'm trying to find the balance here of governments trying to, you know, with the best of intentions, perhaps, just trying to basically encourage people not to travel. But here we are 22 months later, and and maybe your patience is wearing thin, and maybe would-be travelers' patience is wearing thin. And I'm curious what you're hearing just from different companies when it comes to bookings. Like, are they slowly starting to rise again? Because I know there's a big push on right now to secure travelers. I was on the phone the other day trying to check in a points program for one of the hotel point program, and next thing you know, it was transferred into a different call and the sales that were being offered and thrown at me. It was pretty an intense phone call that had it been any other time, I would have said yes to all the deals. And so what are you hearing from companies when it comes to people just saying, you know what, I'm done and I'm going anyway. Okay. So in, in our company, um, what we're experiencing right now is a trickle of bookings every day. We're sort of back to where we were in April of 2021, if you want to put a comparison there. So in November, before the Level 3 Travel Advisory, we were struggling with staffing, losing hundreds of calls a day, just not being able to manage the demand with the, with the return of staffing, and as well, the rebookings and fixes of you know refunds that were still outstanding. So there was a lot of mess to clean up, and the demand was rising, and we were struggling. Now we're back to, we're still struggling cleaning up cancellations and rebookings right now. But there is a trickle of bookings coming in. Um, and mostly, I think people are looking that are traveling are traveling at the last minute. So, you know, they're making their judgment calls and, and jumping on popular destinations on weekends with 7 and 14 durations. And they're less likely to get canceled. So things are going out, um, but things are consolidating. There's no doubt about it. It's, there's, there's a big retraction in demand right now. We had a back and forth with one of our listeners here, uh, said that they are in fact going to Florida and they're, you know, sort of damn the torpedoes attitude, uh, but they're flying out of Grand Forks. They got an incredible deal. And so they also pointed out that, you know, crossing back into Canada via the land border versus coming in via air is a little bit different. Richard, are you, are you noticing that? across the country that people are taking a, a different approach, different tax in terms of getting home or, or getting to where they're getting uh, based on where they cross the border? I think, you know, in general, the same thing has been occurring. Now that the border is, is, is sort of reopened from where it was, um, the short trips across for some, for some shopping or, from, or like that, you know, flying from the U.S. because it's substantially lower in price, that's still going on. I think most of the driving... It's either commercial in some way or it's people going to vacation homes um, and they're staying for a longer duration. So 
I think, uh, in, uh, you know, generally speaking, there was a lot of people surprised that while the border was closed, you could still fly in and out of the states, no problem, all the way back to March 2020. You know, that was it was generally known, but it, it didn't seem to be across the board. There was a lot of people surprised by that. And so, you know, the flights continue. Richard Vandeloup, president of TripCentral.ca, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me. Richard, joining us once again to discuss the fact that Americans should avoid travel to Canada. That, as per the U.S. Centers for Disease Control. Mackling McGarry McNabb. Chance to win a Santa Lucia Pizza $20 gift card. We're asking you to tell us a story about some homework mishaps. And we have our winning text, and it involves Roman numerals. But we got a couple of great runner-up texts here, both from Kat and Gimli, actually, because, Greg, you mentioned she sent a good one, and then she sent another good one after that. So why don't you read the first one that caught your attention on her book report, and then Loren can read the follow-up on her son's diorama. I had a book report due, but none of the options on the book list our English lit teacher gave us interested me in the slightest. So I left it to the last minute and had no chance of reading any of the books, let alone writing a report. Well, the BBC came to my rescue, screening George Orwell's classic 1984, starring Richard Burton as the Saturday night movie. Woohoo! I was in business. I wrote the report on the movie and submitted it Tuesday with trepidation because I had no idea how closely it resembled the book. I was in a froth until the next week when it was returned marked. I got a completely undeserved (laughs) 75% passed. Thank goodness. Lesson learned. I never fudged an assignment again. 50 years later, I can still feel the sense of panic. Should have just read the book, Kat. Great story. And now the next one, Loren, also a great story. Yeah. And, you know, one of these days we should have a chat about the dreams you still have from school or university. And mine is handing in an late assignment and waking up one day to realize I don't have a degree. Like, that's my dr- I have a nightmare about that quite regularly. You know, you, you, you didn't pass. Do it again. Go back to school. So Kat also texted to say, my youngest son's assignment was a diorama of a river system. He molded and sculpted an impressive landscape out of bread clay on a piece of plywood, then painted it. He put it on a table near the door ready for school the next day. That night, my husband brought in the calf for me to bottle feed. We bedded it down in hay in the porch, but during the night, the calf somehow made his way up a half flight of steps into the living room. He must have been peckish because before we got downstairs, he ate a large chunk of my son's diorama. The poor boy had to go to school and tell his teacher... A calf ate my homework. (laughs) That is spectacular. (laughs) But Dennis is our winner because Dennis went to great lengths to mess with his teacher. Dennis says, my father insisted I take accounting in grade 10, seeing as how my brother was in the same field. Dad felt it would be good for me. I was less than enthused. Anyway, at the end of the semester, we had an assignment that was to be completed that would go towards our final mark. I aced this assignment. 100%, but my teacher, Mr. Horner, gave me a fail. When I asked why I got an F, he explained, quote, perhaps you shouldn't have done the assignment in (laughs) Roman numerals. Yeah, I was a bit of a silent joker. I did the assignment later in normal numbers and passed. Uh, I did not pursue, by the way, my father's dream of becoming an accountant. So I said, hold on, hold on. You wrote the whole thing in Roman numerals? And he says, yep, 
took a lot of research and time, and I couldn't stay in the little boxes, which was a pet peeve of my teacher. <laughs> Dennis, I'd be curious to know what path you did follow, because clearly, had you just put in the work, you probably would have been a good accountant, yeah. given yeah, how much work. Dude, man. <laughs> no kidding, to do the whole He's- thing in Roman numerals? He's like one of these guys that pays his taxes in dimes, quarters, nickels, and pennies, <laughs> or writes a check on the elastic band for the government, you know? Very creative. Right on, Dennis. We uh, check in on or talk about unhibernation. Well, first of all, Fortier's day actually had an interesting start. Um, and you could say that maybe this was the linchpin that kicked off all of our Tuesdays. Fortier, what happened? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I get up for I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, every morning. And uh, I'm about to get in the shower about 4.10 a.m. And uh, all of a sudden, the fire alarm is going off. So, oh, no. I, I, I was right down, right into my buck, you know. So I had to go and get changed. <laughs> I down into your what? My, my buck. I don't know. I buck. heard book, and I was like, why is he reading it in the shower? I was not following the ball here. You're buck naked. You're buck on naked. the run. Yeah, so I, you know, I had to get dressed and uh, get out into you the hallway. You have to. Well, I, I believe the law says I do. <laughs> but uh, anyways, I get out into the hallway, and I can actually smell. I can smell burning. Something's burning. Oh, no. Yeah, so I uh, head downstairs. I'm on the eighth floor, and as I'm going down the stairs, you know, that smell is getting stronger and stronger. Finally get to uh, the main floor, and... Uh, yeah, the fire department showed up. Uh, it's just a small food kitchen fire, but uh, you, you could smell it though, and I could smell it back in my apartment. Okay. So yeah, it was a, uh, it was an, an ordeal. So you had somebody an got the start. munchies <laughs> <laughs> at four in the morning. Yeah, that makes sense, possibly. And then uh, Loren discovered just before showtime uh, a crisis of her own. You had no coffee. Well, I knew it, to be fair, I knew it going to bed because my husband said, oh, no, we forgot to get coffee today. We knew it was coming, but I thought, that's fine. I can handle it. I'll run out at some point in the morning to Tim's. And so I couldn't just, it was a busy morning and I couldn't get it done. And But by the time I got to quarter to six, I said to you guys, like, I am in trouble. I have not had my coffee. So I ducked out at 6.20 in the sports commercial news break and barely made it back in time. Then for the first time in 22 months, the Commander 6,000. That's not its name. Commander G3 has failed me. My mic cable has gone out for the first time. So I'm now on my laptop and my kids are remote learning within 12 feet of space of me. So I keep (laughs) muting while they're talking to their teachers in hopes you guys don't hear that. But then I forget to unmute. So Tuesday, Tuesday can go. I'm done with Tuesday. (laughs) How's Tuesday been for you, Greg? Well, I sent you guys a picture of uh, my uh, my my little dog Abby sitting on my lap because over the last few weeks she's gotten very used to having everybody at home, and so uh, she uh, decides that she wants to cuddle up, snuggle up with somebody at every single opportunity. Well, now that everybody's either at school, doing school work, or working. Uh, her snuggle opportunities have uh, grown and ground ground to a halt, grown to zero. And so she was at the top of the stairs barking her head off at me, <laughs> basically, Daddy, come pick me up, please. So I had to go pick her up, bring her downstairs, put her on my lap. And so I was patting her as we were doing our segment at uh, 9 o'clock. And she's uh, put on a little weight in her old age. And so she, I hear you, she sort of grunts and snorts and that sort of thing. And so I was concerned that you might be able to hear that on the air. But uh, 
yeah, if that happens over the next uh, several days, it's because Abby is a um, very needy little girl at uh, well, 14 years old. Greg, do you remember? I think it was the one and only time I got to go into the studio in this pandemic and work with you. Brett was on holidays and we were coming out of wave one, not in wave two. And it was it was the one great three, two, one, one great summer, I think. And um, we had on an animal expert, like someone from the Humane Society, about being very aware that when you return to work, your pets, much like your children or whomever you've been around with a long time, are going to go through that separation anxiety. That was after about four or five months of at-home work for many Manitobans. Can you imagine? Like, Moose has never not had me home all day long. I just, I, oh. I just thought of that now. He's really going to be in trouble come whenever that is. That's yeah, a great that's point. A really good point. Yep. Yeah, I mean, as, as you know, just from a novelty perspective, when you sent that picture, Greg, I thought, aw, and I, th- I kind of was jealous. I'm like, I want to pet a dog while I'm working, because how cute is that? But uh, yeah, for the dogs, like for example, um, even one of our colleagues, Diana, who works in uh, what's called a traffic department, so she's kind of in charge of of making sure that it, in all the the back sort of the behind the scenes programming that everything gets put where it's supposed to. So commercials air where they're supposed to in the specific time slot that they've been booked, and uh, she. When the pandemic first hit and everybody went home, she would bring in her dog, Tucker, who, as you may recall from my Instagram, and she would just sort of bring him around to say hello to everybody. And he became everybody's best friend. But that was when we were in our Polo Park building and she would only bring him in and then she'd take him home and then come back to work. But uh, she couldn't bring him to the 201 Portage and he apparently had a pretty rough go. For the first while, because he got used to being around her. He got used to being around all of us. Mm-hmm. And suddenly he was around nobody. And that's, yeah, Moose is going to And that's just a few you. months of it, right? Like that wasn't, you know, if that had been going on for two years, like the impact of that. And I know when animals are resilient. They'll get through this. But I'm, I'm going to feel sad for Moose. Yeah. Yeah, separation anxiety is a real thing for a lot of animals. They have a difficult time. Uh, with uh, with their masters or their or their compatriots leaving them in the daytime, so yeah, I hadn't thought about the fact that this is going to be tough for not only for Abby, but it's going to be tough for Whiskey too because he he just absolutely loves having everybody around. I'm surprised he hasn't flown down here and uh, made a more appearances here. He he loves he loves Jackie more than he loves me though, so uh, that's maybe not quite as a surprise as it ought to be. Now you mentioned, so you just mentioned that whiskey will fly down the stairs. Um, you said that Abby required you to go and pick her up and bring her mm. down the stairs. Now is that mm-hmm. because she's just old and can't make it down the stairs anymore? Is she scared to go down the stairs? What's the yeah, story she there? Doesn't, you're right, Brett. She doesn't like to come down the stairs because of her age. Going up, she can do it. She kind of does this sidewinder thing where she goes up one stair and then she goes goes uh, cross country and then she'll go up and then cross country again it looks like snakes and ladders it's it's a little bit of a process for her but she can do the up but she does not like the down uh, unless there's a treat involved then if she's up on the second floor and those the, the from the second floor to the main floor that's carpeted she'll still come flying down if you offer her a treat i think she plays it up a little bit she plays us from time to time, oh, I can't walk. You have to carry me. And then when you offer a treat, she'll come from anywhere. She pretends like she can't hear either. She's like a teenager that way. 
as soon as you use the T-R-E-A-T word, she can hear you just fine. All you got to do is open the box and she's right there looking up at you. You're going to give me a treat now, right, Dad? Right, Dad? Right, 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 right? <laughs> I know I completely derailed the, the suggestion you made, Greg, about on hibernation. <laughs> maybe. So right. let's, let, let's talk about that. We'll do it tomorrow because I actually have another question for you, Loren. You mentioned that moose will have separation anxiety. Um, when you do eventually get to come back to work after 22 months, uh, and as you pointed out, you've had very brief stints. You had that week in August of 20, was it 19? Or 2020, 2020, 2020. Guess, it was 20, like 20, seven yeah. days or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you and Greg were in studio and you've, you got to come in for a few days uh, when I was sick recently, but, um, you've been at home for 22 months. So is it going to be weird coming back here on a more uh, permanent basis or even semi-permanent? I imagine you might be in one of the, the those, those hybrid models where you work at home sometimes and you work at the office, but would that, is that not going to be weird for you? I'm going to put my desk and chair into like a bubble and just roll around in it wherever they tell me to go. I like how we're talking about this as if this is happening because we've had stops and starts like so many people about when you might go back to work if you are someone who's working from home. I think the the biggest challenge for like, I thought you were going to ask me if I was going to miss Moose and I think the answer is, yeah, I'll be fine. But I'm not so sure. <laughs> I knew, the, I knew um, the answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, he knows the answer. I do love that dog. But I, I like, you know, we spent a lot of time together. I think the hardest part for me, I was just actually thinking this this morning I've been lucky to be home and I'm fortunate that the company has allowed for that what I hadn't when I had gone and made that switch to radio I didn't realize how much I'd miss seeing my family in the morning you know that being able to have that morning send off the morning hug the morning hello get them going on their day each you know trying to do your best to set things off positively and this morning they woke up and I get to hug my boys. And so when I come back to work, that'll be gone again. And I'm really going to miss that. I'm glad I got to have two more years of, of getting that in because they're still so cute and not grumbly in the morning for the most part. Well, maybe when you do eventually one day get to come back, it may be Jeff Braun will be back as well. You can give him a hug instead. You know how much he, he loves that. Oh, he loves my face-to-face interactions. Never does a guy like so much, you know, me hugging and chatting it up with Jeff. I think I, I think uh, Braun's the kind of character that makes me want to talk even more. And the same way I like to force you to look me in the eye, yeah. Brett, over here. Yeah. Hi, Brett. Yeah, personal space is not an issue for Jeff Braun. He invites everyone into his personal space. <laughs> oh, he loves space. it. Yeah. Why are you touching me, Loren? Why are you be... taking my snacks? Why are you eating my eating my snacks? Why are you touching my pens? I'm going to take Cameron's headphones. I'm going to eat Braun's snacks. Gonna be great, and I, I think uh, the timing might be pretty good on the whole coming back to work thing in terms of uh, your, your kids won't always be a delight in the morning. By right? the way, really quick before we break here, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers just sent out an email in the last 15 minutes that they've extended the contract of CFL All Star offensive lineman Pat Newfeld, a one year deal for Newfeld. So the signings continue for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. 
We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.